Hello and welcome to the Simply Learning Tuition podcast channel. My name is Kitty McWhirter. I'm an education consultant. And today I'm going to be talking to Hugo Shepherd, who founded the company Role Models. Hugo studied psychology and philosophy at Durham University and then went on to spend six years in the city as a management consultant before founding Role Models in 2014. During today's episode, we discuss the importance of developing soft skills and how they're fundamental to a children's happiness. We also discuss mental health, the importance of resilience, confidence and collaboration for employability and the techniques that parents can adopt at home for supporting their children's social and emotional well-being. We're really excited to have Hugo on the podcast, so thank you for joining us. Well, congratulations firstly, Hugo, for founding a business. That's such an incredible achievement and one which really is doing good. So I'd like to start with asking you how the idea of the business actually came about and perhaps you can give us a summary of what you do on a day-to-day basis and how you help your clients. Sure. Well, yeah, thanks very, first of all, thanks very much for um, having me on the podcast. Um, delighted to be here. Uh, in terms of role models and how the idea came about, I've always had a real uh, fascination with the early stage of people's lives and how they dictate how those people turn out, how they develop, how their personalities evolve. I did a psychology degree as a result of that, and I, I did my dissertation on mother-infant bonding, so just had a real interest in um, in that stage of people's lives. Uh, so so it, it, it all came from that, really. And we also felt that there was, felt that perhaps schools don't always have the capabilities, the capacity to be able to develop what we call life skills as we'd like. So, so what we might mean by life skills are skills like resilience and leadership and creativity and collaboration. Those are the types of skills that we look to develop in three to 13 year olds and we felt there was um, an opportunity to um, support parents and schools and also corporates in in, in developing those skills in young people uh, which we just think are so important um, really for I suppose for three main reasons one is around strengthening children's mental health which as we all know is, a, is on a real decline at the moment second around just preparing them for life whatever they end up doing they're going to need to be able to empathize with people, to communicate really well with people, to work as a team. Those skills are going to be critical in whatever they end up doing. And, and then also the link with the, between character and academic attainment, which is a, is a growing body of evidence there. And in terms of what we actually do, how we, how we implement it, we run online and offline courses for three to 13 year olds in those different areas that I was talking about, resilience, leadership, creativity, collaboration. We build all our content around those four pillars. Uh, so an offline course will be a, a, a typically Monday to Friday um, where we will normally be based at a school and we'll tackle different aspects of, of those themes. So we might, within resilience, we might look at getting outside of your comfort zone or dealing with negative thoughts. And then we'll have a variety of games and activities that put those theories into practice and allow the children to learn and also have a really, really good time. And then when it comes to the online learning, the online delivery, it's very similar themes, but of course we just have to adapt the activities and the game to to work in an online setting. I'm sure your ability to run online courses has improved a lot in the last couple of years. 
And I think that's such a, a lovely thing to be able to focus on and such an important thing to focus on because during the curriculum, I'm sure there's not time to work on these things as a standalone subject. So in order to give children the opportunity to do that and really focus on these areas and these soft skills is so important. It would be great to know how the business has grown and developed over the years and the types of clients you've been working with and maybe developed further afield and have you been working internationally? That would be great to get some insight on that. Yeah, so we tend to work with three groups. So we work directly with families who will just hop on our website and and book a course or a session that's most appropriate for the needs of their children. Uh, We also work with corporates as an employee benefit. So we work with the likes of Goldman Sachs, Morgan Stanley, Credit Suisse, Amazon, a whole raft of the big corporates whose uh, employees are able to access our services through their employee benefit scheme. They get a certain number of credits per year and just allows those families to balance work and family life. And then finally, we, we partner with schools. So whether that's delivering something for their pupils in the holidays, at their site or whether that's delivering online sessions directly into the classroom uh, for 40 minutes or an hour at a time um, so those that tends to be the different cohorts that we work with and uh, yes we, we very much started out focused on the uk and in particular london um, and then there's been some big growth opportunities for us abroad so we've had a lot of success delivering our offline courses in the middle east particularly saudi arabia and then from an online point of view, we've, we've had quite a lot of traction in the US. So international growth is very much on the agenda. It's obviously more tricky to get out and deliver courses in person in different countries at the moment, but we're hoping that's going to change soon. Um, and I think we have the, the nice advantage of being a British education company and, and British education still carries decent global reputation. So that's, that's very useful for us. I think that's amazing that you're growing and expanding because I think this is such an important topic and as many children you can help is is better. So that's great news. And some children are, of course, born with the ability to have strong soft skills and a higher degree of emotional intelligence, if you like. I'm sure you do, but do you believe that these soft skills are indeed taught and can be learned from an early age and developed? Yeah, I do feel that, um, as with all things, certain people are born with more of a natural ability in in certain areas. But we do really believe that that all these soft skills can be taught. Uh, It's just quite difficult. It's a difficult uh, subject to to teach children. It's not something that people often do. They assume that that things like confidence or empathy or resilience are picked up in in day-to-day life. And of course they are. But I think explicitly helping children give them techniques and strategies to be able to cope with different scenarios is is absolutely something that can be done. If you take confidence, for example, there's a lot of children and adults often believe this this is a a personality trait, when actually it is a skill that can be developed. And and this is a, a, a much it's an empowering and accessible way to look at confidence as children realize it's something they can actually grow it's not something that's fixed Uh, and a lot of what we do is is there's a central theme of growth mindset running through all our content because children need to understand that if they're not very empathetic at the moment or they're not very confident standing up in front of lots of people this is absolutely something that they can develop and get better at So it's just really important life skills for all areas of childhood and then on to adulthood. So from your opinion, 
why is focusing on social and emotional well-being so important today? Um, I think it's so touching on the, the reason I gave earlier. I feel like it's important for a number of reasons. One is in terms of the workplace. So if we look at the skills that the World Economic Forum are identifying as the key skills that people need to be able to thrive in the workplace today, their list incorporates skills like critical thinking, creative problem solving, adaptability. Um, and if you speak to anyone in the working world, you know, they'll reiterate that. They can see that from the people they work with, the best people they work with are the people who have those, those soft skills. So I think that's a really important reason for the success of young people in the future. Uh, but then also just socially, uh, I mean, the, the relationships they build with their friends or family, things like kindness and, and um, the ability to listen actively to people is an incredibly important skill and will help develop those relationships with their, with their friends and family and essentially lead them to have a happier life, which is the overall goal of everything we do. If we can help people be happier, then we've done our job and that's, and that's really, really exciting. So really equipping these children to succeed in both their professional and their social lives, which is fantastic. And it would be great to get a deeper insight into the work that you do and the reasons why families come to you. So what their children are struggling with and perhaps what they want to see as an end goal and maybe touch on some examples of the activities that you actually carry out during your workshops. Yeah, so we get a real variety of queries from parents, but I think the majority of them tend to centre around their children maybe being too much of a perfectionist. Seems to be a real tendency amongst uh, young children to want to get 100% in everything they do. And if they're given the choice of uh, an easier test where they can get 90 100%, versus a harder test where they'll get 60% but they'll learn more, the majority of children will gravitate to the easier tests. So we definitely get a lot of parents talking about perfectionism. That's something we touch upon in our courses. Maybe a lack of confidence. Frustration is a big one. So, you know, anger management, particularly amongst slightly younger kids, the, the five, six, seven-year-olds, and then, and then that's more frustration, I suppose, for the slightly older children. There is a fear of making mistakes is another quite common request from from parents for us to help them with. You know, children not willing to take a leap to to step outside their comfort zone um, because they're worried about making those mistakes and not understanding actually the benefit of those mistakes. Um, And then on the other side of the coin, we do also get parents who feel like their children are pretty confident, pretty good with other people, but but feel like that they could develop their their humility, their empathy, their ability to connect with other people. So there's still, with all of us, right, there's always areas that we can be developing from a soft skill perspective. Um, and parents will either come at that with a you know, I've got, I've got, a, I've got a problem with my child, or, or maybe a bit more of actually, my child's doing pretty well, but I think you guys can help take them to the next level, help them thrive in life even more. Yeah, so a whole range of different areas of improvement that you're focusing on, and some examples of the kind of activities that you carry out would be great as well. I'm sure parents would love to hear the kind of activities you're you're doing with that with the children. Yeah, absolutely, and and everything we do. We talk about active learning with all our courses. We want the kids, you know, when it's in person, we want them to be on their feet, doing things, doing games and activity, learning 
um, as they as they do stuff. So that's really really important. And and of course the courses have to be really really fun. If they're not fun, uh, the children won't engage. They won't learn anything, and the whole thing's a waste of time. So that's really important. In terms of some specific examples of what we might do, so uh, when we touch upon comfort zones, for example, so we, we're really, one of our sessions is around encouraging children to step outside of their comfort zone into their learning zone, but not as far as their panic zone. And I think we can all relate to that. There's things that we, we, we know when we're in our comfort zone, we know the things that really make us panic. And, and um, there's, a, there's a gradual progression there. We can push ourselves slightly outside of our comfort zone, uh, but we don't want to be in a situation that's just completely, but we're completely out of our depth. Otherwise, we'll really struggle. So we um, do a little exercise with children where they, um, they use string to, to create uh, circles on the ground where they're, first of all, in their comfort zone, if you can imagine a circle in the middle, a circle outside of that, which is their learning zone, and then a circle beyond that as their panic zone. And, and we'll talk about different activities and the children will move from these different circles into the area that's applicable to them. Just help them understand, get their heads around these different zones and, and what, what they mean to them. So that's quite a fun activity. And then, of course, part of that, we're looking for children to identify when are they sitting in their comfort zone and actually they can push themselves out of that. Another quite fun activity we do is around some of the younger children, the five to seven-year-olds, on one of the courses create a what we call a super strengths cape so they'll create a cape like a superhero and on that on that cape they'll write all their all their strengths so um, you know obviously this is looking to help the children identify what are they really good at what are their strengths and to focus on those and worry a little bit less about their weaknesses and and just be conscious of the things that they're all really great at and so by actually actively writing these on their cape and taking that home and wearing it, it helps to just reinforce the fact that they um, have plenty of strengths because they'll always be comparing themselves, of course, to uh, their friends in their class who maybe are, are better at them at certain things. And then another example might be when we do Dragon's Den session, we do debating challenges, um, we uh, talk about a worry jar. So we encourage the kids to have at home a a worry jar where if they're ever worried about something, they'll write it on a piece of paper and pop it in this jar. And it's a way of by putting it on that, that on paper and putting it in this jar and something they can go back to and refer to further down the line. Um, it's just a way of them being able to um, compartmentalise that worry and then help them deal with it. They all sound great and really engaging for the children. And some of them actually link to my next question, particularly the worry jar, which sounds like a, a great thing to have at home because I want to go on to talk about how parents can help their children develop soft skills. What kind of language should parents be using to talk to their children about soft skills and emotional intelligence? And how can they encourage their children to open up if they're feeling anxious or if they're lacking confidence? Yeah, so I think one tip here is for parents to try and avoid labelling a child and and instead to try and use a language which just highlights that this is an experience or a feeling that they're going through. It's, it's not permanent. So you're feeling shy rather than you are shy. 
or you're feeling angry rather than you are an angry child. Um, because we all have periods where we feel angry or we feel shy or we feel embarrassed or whatever it might be. It doesn't necessarily mean we are a, a shy, angry or an embarrassed person. And so that use of language should just make it clear that it's, it's emotions are transient, they come and go, and we're not all defined by our feelings. Uh, so, so that's probably the tip I'd give parents in terms of the language they should use with their children. And how about encouraging them to to speak or open up if they're feeling anxious? Or are there certain signs that parents should be looking for? It's always a tricky one to, to see that immediately. Uh, I think the best bit of advice there would be for parents to model this themselves. I'm sure parents listening to this will identify that that often trying to teach your children things explicitly or tell them what to do doesn't always result in the best outcomes. But if you can model certain behaviour by doing it yourself, that's a really good way of trying to encourage um, children to do the same. So just speaking about the fact that if you as a parent are feeling slightly anxious or or maybe lacking a little bit in confidence at that particular time to, to be explicit with that uh, with your children and let them know and, and that will therefore encourage them to do the same when they're feeling a similar way. Um, that's often the, the best way of trying to um, encourage children to, to open up. So parents remaining approachable and being able to talk to their children and relate to their children is great. And are there any common mistakes that you see parents make or is the main one, the one you said about them trying to always teach rather than to role model? I think the other big mistake we often see is, and of course we're, we're all guilty of this with you know, often everything we do, but it's trying to fix everything. It's trying to prevent their children from experiencing hard times. And so, of course, this doesn't allow the children to apply and develop their resilience um, and what, what we might call snowplow parents. They're constantly looking to clear, clear a smooth path for their children so that they, they, can, they can have an easy life, essentially. And, and we all know that life isn't like that. And there's a real benefit to allowing your children to occasionally experience difficult times uh, because uh, because then they get used to it and that's uh, and that's what life is like and and sometimes we will all experience uncomfortable feelings uh, but if we never if we never allow them to if they just have such an easy life but we never allow them to experience those difficult feelings then when they do come along which they will at some point and, and the parents aren't around they'll struggle with those periods so that's that's probably the main mistake we see parents make Thank you. And do you think that building these soft skills, these non-academic skills, will also develop the academic skills and also help them with their schoolwork, etc.? Yeah, we do. We do. We feel very strongly about this. And, you know, this from a, a common sense point of view and then also from an empirical evidence point of view. I mean, just from a, a common sense point of view, I think it would be pretty clear to most people that if your children are are confident and independent and happy in their own skin, they're going to be able to study better. They're going to have fewer distractions in their minds. Uh, they're going to feel more confident about everything they're doing. Um, and, um, and, and they're therefore going to achieve better academic results. That to me is pretty self-evident. But there's also, to, to reinforce that, there is a growing body of empirical evidence that's 
shows that. So, for example, there's a study that took place in 2015, the relationship between happiness and academic achievements that showed a positive, significant positive relationship between happiness and, and the achievement of students taking part in that study. And there's more and more studies and, uh, and evidence of uh, a very similar correlation because of the fact that social and emotional well-being is being pushed up the agenda it's being it's it, people are finding more and more ways of trying to measure this and, and understand the, the impact it has on other aspects of life so i'm sure that that body of evidence will just continue to grow and my last question for you is to talk to me about how you can help children deal with failure yeah so uh, i'd probably suggest two things on this front one is around just and these actually things we touched upon earlier really reminding children it's okay to be disappointed or disheartened with failure that's not that's not a bad thing um but that that is a feeling that, that won't last forever and that we can use that to to can harness that to drive ourselves to, to do better in future and again we can all relate to that time where something hasn't gone our way we felt like it's the end of the world and a week or two later we don't understand why we were worrying about it so much um so um that's a very natural human reaction but the children shouldn't be um shouldn't be told that they, they they shouldn't you know be be sad about failure but that they, they will move on and then the other point is is again around modeling behavior here so for parents to share their own mistakes, their failures, develop a culture of, of owning mistakes rather than necessarily being embarrassed about them. And then talking about the fact that, you know, they've made a mistake and what they're going to do about it and how they're going to try and avoid making that mistake in future. And they're going to learn from it. And I think, again, modeling that rather than telling their children to do something, they can just model that behavior and be a great role model, that will really help. So really framing failures as actually areas of, of learning and the more mistakes you make, the more you'll learn because you won't make those mistakes again. So it's framing it in a positive way, which I think is a great thing to do. And I just would also like to say, because I'm sure there's some parents listening that think maybe their children would benefit from doing some of this training that role models offer. So where would be the best place for them to find you if they want to explore this opportunity? Yeah, best thing to do is to, is to look on our website, www.rolemodels.me. Um, if you search for Role Models Life Skills on Google. And yeah, we've got a whole range of courses, in-person courses and also online courses going on uh, all throughout holidays and term time. And of course, if they have any questions, best to just pick up the phone and, and give us a call. So we'd, love to, we'd love to see whether we can help. Thank you very much. And thank you, Hugo. So that was Hugo Shepherd from Role Models. And if you enjoyed this episode, there are plenty more similar episodes on our podcast channel and you can find us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Thank you very much.